Well, hey, how's it going, everybody? We are so glad that you're joining us today. I am joined here by Pastor Jeff Abel's lead pastor of our very own Crossroads Church. Man, thank you so much for joining with me today. We are so excited to tackle this topic um, that we want to talk about today. You know, 2020 has been a crazy year. It has. Uh, and and so for a majority of 2020, uh, we haven't been able to meet in person and live at church and have in-person services uh, and so a lot of people are kind of under the assumption that this is kind of the future of church, that, you know, hey, we're just going to have to buckle up and get ready for this because right. this is what church is now. It's going to be online and in-person services are going to be kind of a thing of the past. And so we just want to talk about that today. We want to talk about as we're beginning to kind of open up our doors again and, and, and under those government regulations, we're able to do so in a safe manner. Um, we want to talk today and tackle the question is in-person services or are in-person services still important? Is that something that is still important in 2020? Well, uh, absolutely. Thank you, Grant. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to have a chance to kind of address this. And uh, I will say, we have been so thankful to be able to have the technology to yeah. connect with people while, again, this pandemic has been going on uh, in those months that we did have stay-home orders. Uh, it was just a real blessing to be able to connect with people through the technology of online services. And hey, we'll continue to do that. I mean, um, I think the future will look like uh, our online efforts uh, being kind of the front door mm -hmm. where people are introduced to Crossroads Church uh, more than ever before. Having said that, we can't uh, allow ourselves to uh, fall into the trap of believing that uh, those in-person gatherings are no longer important. Listen, they absolutely are important. There are things that we're going to be able to um, uh, be able to enjoy, to be able to experience in these in-person gatherings that you just can't uh, experience in a virtual way. And so I would say absolutely, we need to get back to in-person gatherings. I know there are a number of people maybe that are still quite not ready for that. But let me just challenge you that, um, listen, if, if you're good with going to Target, if you're good with going to Lowe's or Home Depot, you ought to be good with coming to God's house. Yeah. We do have uh, precautionary measures that we've put in place to keep people safe. Um, but yeah, I think it's time to start stepping back into the rhythm of gathering with God's people. All right. So you answered the question. So we, you believe that in-person services are still important. So let's talk about why, you know, if I'm somebody that, you know, this year, maybe I've been going to church online for a few months now, I have community. I, I'm able to watch the sermon. I'm able to grow. I'm, I'm able to, you know, do the different discipleship things that we've done. I'm able to worship uh, from home. So why is it important for me to still go in, in, to church in person when I can still get all those things from home? Right. Well, th that's a great question. And um, let me just say first and foremost that, you know, God's word defines what life is supposed to look like for us, what mm. church is supposed to look like, what ministry is supposed to look like. We don't get to define that for ourselves. I think a lot of times that's the mistake we make. We want to come to God, but we want to come to God <laughs> on our own terms. The great thing about the Bible is God hasn't left these things up, you know, just to guesswork for us. He really gives us very clear instruction on what he expects uh, for us, from us. 
um, what he wants for us, what he wants from us. And so, again, the Bible really defines church. And uh, so I'd love to just take a few minutes, kind of enumerate what the New Testament says church is supposed to include. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, we see that um, church on God's term is always going to include elders or, or leadership. God mm. wants to put leadership within uh, our lives. Um, uh, God has called and equipped certain individuals within the family of God um, to serve in that uh, capacity of uh, overseers or elders, as the Bible puts it. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, Peter writes to the church and he says, Now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and I too will share in his glory when he's revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, Peter writes, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted mm. to you. So, the flock, uh, we who are the sheep of his pasture, as it were, um, have been entrusted by God to these elders, these overseers, um, these shepherds, if you will. And um, again, they are there to instruct us. They are there to encourage us, to teach us. Um, they are there to equip us. You know, the Bible makes it really, really clear that uh, ministry belongs in the hands of all of God's people. Sometimes I think people think, uh, that ministry is what pastors do or youth pastors do or missionaries do. Uh, that's true, but it's really what all God's people are supposed to be doing yeah. as pastors and missionaries and youth pastors equip them to do that. And so uh, if we're really uh, connected to church on God's terms, then we are sitting under a pastor and uh, we're connected with uh, the leadership of the church. Secondly, um, the New Testament talks about deacons. So th there's such a thing as diaconal ministry where you have individuals uh, within the family of God that are overseeing and carrying out different uh, areas of ministry within the church. Mm -hmm. Philippians chapter 1 verse 1 said, uh, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. Mm -hmm. So my question would be, if you're just at home having church online, uh, who's the deacons? Yeah. Who's the el elders, the overseers? Uh, no, God wants us to be connected with a body of believers that are gathering regularly. And within that um, framework, you're going to have uh, overseers, you're going to have deacons. Um, thirdly, the New Testament talks about us coming together for communion. Um, I love that idea. Um, and I think beyond just breaking the bread and drinking from the cup together, um, to remember Christ's sufferings. Uh, the whole idea of communion is community. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe community is always done best when we're gathered together yeah. in real connection. Paul writes to the church in Corinth in his first letter, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's something about gathering together with other believers in order to really proclaim the Lord's death, to proclaim what the Lord Lord has done uh, for us to proclaim uh, what God means to us as a body of believers. That's really, really, really important. Um, 
you continue to study the New Testament and you see more and more of these different aspects of gathering together. Uh, one of those is teaching and uh, equipping, discipling mm-hmm. um, uh, new believers. First um, Timothy chapter four verse thirteen, Paul says, "Hey Timothy, who by the way was pastoring a church that he and Paul had had kind of planted together." Um, uh, and Paul writes to Timothy, this young pastor, and says, hey, until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. So he's saying, hey, Timothy, let the b- believers there gather together, and as they gather, they need to be taught, they need to be equipped, they need to be instructed. Then, you know, Grant, you think about the mission of the church is to is to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to disciple the nations of the world. So then we have to look at our uh, missionary efforts. We have to look at our evangelism efforts. And it becomes very clear that, yes, we can do that individually and should be doing that, by the way, individually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also do it within these corporate gatherings. We see evangelism take place within these corporate gatherings. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is addressing the issue of speaking in tongues. And um, it's interesting because in our current message series at church, we're dealing with that whole idea of the Holy Spirit and his work within our lives. Checks out this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, this (laughs) Sunday. Yeah. Um, But uh, in, in, in his letter, his first letter to the church at Corinth, uh, he's addressing when that's appropriate. When it when is it appropriate? And in particularly, he's addressing the in-person gatherings mm. and when speaking in tongues might be appropriate or might be inappropriate in those in-person gatherings. Here's what he says. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read verse 23 through verse 25. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they'll think you're crazy. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers are people who don't understand these things come into your meetings, they will be convicted of sin. They'll be judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they'll fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. What's Paul describing here? He's describing in-person gatherings where uh, people who are not followers of Jesus come into that setting of of in-person gatherings and they're convicted of their sins and they get right with God. Evangelism takes place in those in-person gatherings um, in, in a way that uh, is is so solid. It's so, uh, I mean, man, we've seen it for years and years and years. We've seen thousands of people get saved in these gatherings. And um, one more, uh, just one more consideration. Yeah. Uh, just again, just, just reading the New Testament so that we can know, okay, what do you expect from us in this regard, God? Um, it's interesting because... It's in these in-person gatherings that God said he'll heal the sick. Um, James writes in the fifth chapter of his letter, verse 14, is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And so praying for the sick in those in-person gatherings is where God says, hey, I'm going to meet with you and I'm going to I'm going to do great and mighty things for you, including healing for your bodies. Yeah. Wow. 
So that's awesome. That's a lot of stuff for us to really uh, dig into, think about. So, you know, we're talking about in-person services. We're talking about gathering. You know, the Bible says to gather together. And so, you know, if I'm looking at some of these and, you know, if if I'm playing that devil's advocate or whatever at home and I'm thinking, all right, elders, deacons, communion, I could, I could do all that at home, right? Like my deacon could call me every once in a while or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I could maybe try to figure that out, you know, equipping and teaching evangelism, all those things. Um, you know, but we're really talking about how we believe that it's in those gatherings that these things happen. So what is the benefit of the, the gathering part of this? There's something spiritual about that, that gathering. It really is. Um, and Hey, again, man, let me just make sure that we're clear on this. Um, there are circumstances sometimes that prohibit us from gathering like this and Hey, God's still God and God's still able to move. You know, I think of our persecuted brethren, uh, around the world yeah. that are not able to meet in public gatherings like this. They literally are, are finding any opportunity they can to connect and to gather kind of as an underground church. Mm. And man, my heart goes out to them. And it makes me want to take advantage of the opportunity right, yeah. that I do have. I'm so thankful that we live in a country that protects our right to gather in his name. But yeah, um, so I, let me just, um, let me just share with you what I, what I call, um, what I call the gathering guarantee. Okay. Right. So God has guaranteed some things to those of us who do gather. Um, so Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, here's what Jesus said, where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. So he's given us a guarantee that as we gather, and he says it can be as little as two or three, uh, but obviously he doesn't limit it to that. Yeah. Um, you see all through the New Testament examples of thousands of believers gathering like this, and they have the guarantee that, hey, Jesus is going to be there. And let me just remind you that the Bible says that the Lord our God in the midst of us, where he is, he says he is mighty. So he does some things, some very powerful, significant things uh, in those gatherings. One more kind of gathering guarantee um, is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. You might recall he's asked his disciples, hey, who do people say that I am? And Peter was given this real revelation that, hey, you're the Christ. You're the one we've been waiting on. You're the Messiah sent from God. And Jesus went on to tell Peter, hey, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Um, it's my father that has revealed this to you. And he says in Matthew 16, verse 18, now I say unto you, you're Peter, which by the way means a rock. Mm-hmm. He says, you're Peter. And upon this rock, speaking of that revelation that God had given him, that, that Christ is the Messiah, the, yeah. the anointed one sent from God. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Watch this. He says, and the gates of hell are all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So it's the church that has this guarantee from Jesus that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Now just remember, gates are always a defensive strategy. Nobody ever got attacked by a gate. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we have here is a guarantee from Jesus that as we function 
as the church, um, we have a guarantee that any defensive measure that Satan puts in place mm. to try to keep us from fulfilling our mission, that it will not prevail, that yeah. we'll be able to kick those gates down Come on. and we'll be able to um, really um, fulfill that great commission that God has given us to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but only as we're functioning yeah. as the church. Yeah. No, I think that that's so powerful, the idea that that's a defensive strategy from from hell and that we are guaranteed that we have the power to overcome that. I know, I'm sure a lot of you have been going through a lot of hard things this year and, and struggles and, and things that you're fighting the enemy over. And we have a promise that, hey, when we come together, not only is God there, but we have the power to break those gates that hell has. We So we can... We don't have to be defensive even against hell. We can be on the offensive yes. and we can attack those things head on. And we yes. have the power to do that. And that power comes when we're building, when we're together as the church, building each other up, joining our faith together. So I think that's an encouraging thing for some of you listening to this who um, who could just say that you're struggling and, and you need that offense. You need that you know offensive strategy to be able to go against the things that hell is trying to do against you this year. And so that's all uh, super encouraging to hear. And, um, you know, one thing that, you know, we're seeing is that um, we're meeting, you know, in small groups or maybe in homes. So there's some people that might say, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with my 10 friends. I'm okay with just my family. You know, that's, I'm more comfortable in that smaller type gathering. I would rather not go to a large gathering at a church or, or, or something like that. Um, so you see a lot of, you know, home churches and, and people that are having viewing parties, which again are super cool. Like, yeah, like you said, we're, we're going to do whatever it. we can to continue meeting together. But as it's starting to become safe again to meet, what is the benefit or, or why isn't, why, why would you say that that's not enough, that we need to go beyond that smaller gap. That's a great question. You know, um, first of all, the scripture instructs us to make the most of every opportunity. Yeah. So small groups afford us some great opportunities, uh, but maybe not every opportunity. And we're supposed to take advantage of and make the most of every opportunity. There are opportunities that uh, are only given in these uh, larger gatherings, these in-person gatherings. So for me, church isn't, um, home groups versus large gatherings. Hmm. I think it's both. Okay. And you'll see that that's been the pattern of the New Testament church since the very first century, since the very beginning. It's not either or, it's both. Hmm. So Acts chapter 2, verse 46, describes what was happening in that first century church, really within the first weeks of the established church. New Testament, New Covenant Church. Um, it describes it this way, Acts chapter 2, verse 46, day after day they met together in the temple, so large gatherings, mm -hmm. and they broke bread together in different homes, small gatherings, and shared their food happily and freely. So it's not either or, it's both. Yeah. Again, there are great opportunities in small gatherings that we need to be taking advantage of, we need to be making the most of. Man, we want to see all of our crossroads folks engaged and involved in small groups. There are things that you can only really um, see achieved in a smaller group setting. But the same can be said about these larger in-person gatherings. So let's, let's don't make it either or. Let's make it both. Let's get back to gathering again. 
And let's make the most of the opportunity these large in-person gatherings are going to afford us. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, some of the deepest friendships and community that I have built have come from the smaller gatherings, but some of the most powerful encounters with God that I've ever had have come in those larger gatherings. Because there's just something about when you get 100, when you get 500, when you get 1,000 people in a room who are all passionate about God and passionate about seeing the move of God, there's something powerful about joining our faith together. God moves in a powerful way. And some of my most um, tangible encounters with God have come in those gatherings. So like you said, you need both. They're both very, very important. So we've talked today about um, you know the importance of of in person gatherings, why they're important, what what the Bible says about them, and uh, I hope this has been helpful for all of you. I hope that this has encouraged you. Again, we're not making this to try to guilt you into coming to church. No, no you know, we're, we're not. You know, you know, we're not trying to you know convince you. You know, we're trying to. Uh, we're, we're making this because we believe that there's something powerful that God has for you. And a lot of those things only happen when you are with other people. Yeah. And uh, isolation, you know, kills people. You know, isolation just really accentuates a lot of things that you're struggling with. And we don't want that for you. We want we want everything that God has for you. And we believe that a lot of the things that God has for you come in-person gatherings. And so uh, we've talked about that. We've, we've talked about... Um, you know, the structure that God has put in place for us through the scripture. So any any last thoughts before we wrap up that you would love to, to I think, say to people? I think you make a great point. You know, uh, Jesus chose the metaphor of sheep for us, which sometimes I sit back and I go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did. He chose that metaphor for us. And if you think about it, you know, really and truly, uh, it's the sheep that's off by himself that the wolf really preys upon, you know, when he's with the herd, when he's gathered together with the rest of the sheep, um, there is a greater degree of safety there, and he's usually there with the shepherd, uh, and that shepherd can protect him. Um, So uh, let me just make one last observation uh, for everybody. Um, You know, God's Word really makes it clear that we need to gather actually all the more uh, within the time that we're currently in. Um, We can see from that first century church and their example that, hey, in-person gatherings were important, you know, 2,000 years ago. Um, They've always been important, but they've never been more important than now. Mm. And uh, I say that because of something that Hebrews chapter 10 reveals Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, some people have given up the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming Mm. is getting closer. You know, if you're familiar at all with Bible prophecy, you know that we are seeing the very signs that Jesus told us to look for that would indicate his soon return. We see them unfolding right before our eyes. I mean, they literally are the headlines of the newspaper, right? I mean, it's amazing how uh, all of these things are pointing towards the reality that Jesus is really coming soon. God says, as you see those indications, hey, you need to connect more and more and more. Why? Because uh, I believe that the enemy is going to intensify 
his attacks against God's people. We see it happening, Grant. Yeah. I mean, even in this um, year of COVID and what we're dealing with, we've seen even government leaders trying to use that as an opportunity to bully Mm-hmm. Um, the church to bully uh, Christian people and uh, to try to forbid them from gathering when it's okay for other people to gather in things maybe that the government is in favor of. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we're going to see that kind of hostility intensify over time, over the next days, weeks, months, maybe years, um, because Christ is coming soon and we're going to need each other more than ever before. So let me just uh, challenge you if you're not committed um, to a local church, uh, to in-person gatherings at a local church, I really want to encourage you to take that step, take that step of faith. And let me just say this, you know, uh, since we've had the emphasis that we've had for our online ministry this past uh, few months, there are a number, really hundreds, yeah. uh, possibly even thousands of people that have connected with Crossroads for the very first time. You've never been here personally, but for the last several months, um, you've been attending church online with mm-hmm. us weekly, and uh, God is, has used that, and you're growing in your faith. Man, I want to I want to encourage you, come connect with us in person. We even have a series of four classes that we do for people that are new to our church. We call it Next Steps, and we offer it weekly um, uh, in our 11 o'clock service. Um, And it's specifically designed for you. It's there to help you. Uh, understand how to connect to the church, um, how to connect with fellow believers, and how to grow in your faith. So we would love for everybody to come connect yeah. through these in-person gatherings and go through our next steps and really get connected at Crossroads Church. Yeah, absolutely. So hey, if you're listening or watching this and you're local, you're in the, the Lafayette, Louisiana area, feel free to go to mycrossroads.org. You can plan a visit. You can find out what our service times are and you can get connected with us. And if you're watching this and you're not from Lafayette, Louisiana, we just encourage you, find a local church, yes. find some, find a place where you can get plugged in with people that you can do life with, and, and we don't have to do this thing to, uh, alone, that we can do this thing together. And uh, I know that for me, that's been so important in my life. Some of the hardest seasons of my life have been some of the loneliest seasons of my yeah. life. And so when we are in person, gathering together, building our faith, man, it is such an encouraging time. So thank you, Pastor Jeff, for thank coming you, in Grant. and encouraging. I hope this was encouraging for you. We're going to be putting out more and more content like this in the next coming months that we hope is going to take you deeper into your faith, that's going to encourage you. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast or our YouTube channel, wherever you're uh, containing this information today. And uh, as always, we, we post our Sunday services every single Sunday. So stay tuned for those. And we hope that you'll continue to grow in your faith. And uh, we'll see you at church.